With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Age of Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talking Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man joining me, as always, is my brother Cooper. Goodbye. How you doing, brother? Dude, I'm doing good. You ready for this, brother? You know what it is. We got some football talk. That's what's up. So freaking lately, we all know how much we enjoy our football talk. It's the greatest sport known to mankind, and we're not talking about the little black and white ball y'all play in Europe. We're talking about American football. Yes. Yes. Brown leather peak skin. Let's go. I'm excited. Can you tell? <laughs> A little much. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with the NFC or NF, NFL standings, not just the NFC. <laughs> the entire league standings. Shall we do that? Let's start let's with the it. AFC and the AFC East. The Patriots are now nine and five and dropped down to a six forty three win percentage. The Bills jumped up to eight and six with a seven with a five seventy one win percentage. The Dolphins have climbed from obscurity and are now 7 and 7 and 500. Unbelievable. And the Jets, once again, just being the Jets, are 3 and 11 with a 214 win percentage. And the AFC North in the division that no one seems to want to pull away in, the Bengals and Ravens are both 8 and 6 with a 571 win percentage. The Steelers are 7 6 and 1 with a 536 win percentage. And the Browns, with their loss on Monday night, got down to 7-7 seven and seven and are 500. I don't know what's going on in that division, but y'all need to figure it out, seriously. <laughs> it's like the division no one wants to win, but they all actually are at least 500 or better. Yeah, that's weird, dude. Yeah, and same with the AFC West, but we'll get to that when we get there. In the AFC South, the Titans are 9-5. And a 643 win percentage. The Colts are 8 and 6 with a 571 uh, win percentage. The Texans are 3 and 11 with a 214 win percentage. And the Jaguars uh, 2 and 12 with a 143 win percentage. 
Yikes. Oy. Not looking good. Not at all. In the AFC West, the Chiefs jumped up to 10-4 and four with a 714 win percentage. The Chargers are 8-6 with a 571 win percentage. The Broncos and Raiders are both 7-7, seven and seven, 500. Looking pretty good out West, too, in the AFC. In the NFC East, the Cowboys are 10-4 and four with a 714 win percentage. The Eagles soared high on Tuesday Night Football, winning seven, winning against the Washington football team, bringing them to 7-7 seven and, seven and 500. That Washington football team dropped to 6-8 with a 429 win percentage, and the Giants... Lost to those Cowboys and are now 4-10 with a 286 point percentage. In the North Division in the NFC where it gets really flipping cold, the Packers are now 11-3 with a 786 win percentage. The Vikings moved up to 7-7, seven seven, are 500. The Bears dropped to 4-10 at 286. The Lions with probably the biggest surprising win all year are 2-11-1 with a 179 win percentage. That's crazy to think about right now. And then your NFC South division has the Buccaneers at 10 and 4 with a 714 win percentage, the Saints 7 and 7 and are 500, the Falcons 6 and 8 with a 429 win percentage, the Panthers are 5 and 9 with a 357 win percentage. Out west in the NFC, the Cardinals and Rams are both 10 and 4 with a 714 win percentage. The Niners are 8 and 6 with a 571 win percentage and the Seahawks are 5 and 9 with a 357 win percentage. Holy crap, this is going to be an interesting last three weeks. Can't wait to discuss. It definitely is, man. Yes, sir. All right, so some tidbits from the college ranks. After getting their head coach last week officially, the University of Oregon got some interesting news as it was announced that Bo Nix will be transferring to the program. Bo Nix rose to national stature when he beat Oregon in his very first game as a true freshman for Auburn in the Dallas kickoff game a few years back. Uh, Nix was getting Heisman hype, and some draft experts were saying he could have potentially been a first-round pick after his first year if he could go that early. In subsequent years, though, however, he has been injury-prone and kind of mediocre at best, though after his freshman year, Auburn did lose their offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham, and he and his plays would suffer due to that. Dillingham has recently been hired by Oregon head coach Dan Lanning to be his new O.C., and they worked together in Memphis when Dillingham engineered the highest-scoring offenses in the nation back-to-back years. Koopa! Bo Nix to Oregon. Interesting. This is good for us, dude. Uh, we need a quarterback. Obviously, Anthony Brown is done. Thank God he's uh, done. Yeah. Was he a six-year quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Super senior. It's, it's about time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nix is... Is poised to, to do something good in Oregon as long as they can pull it together. Yeah, I can understand that they went with him because I obviously I haven't been I didn't check the recruiting to see whether or not um, Ty Ty Thompson had any offers from either Florida State or um, uh, Georgia to see if they had any inter- if they had any interest in him. So Ty Thompson's not necessarily their guy. Obviously Dillingham. Bo Nix is his guy because obviously he recruited him to come to Alabama. I mean, Auburn. Yeah. Right state, just wrong college. (laughs) Still the right state, though. I got that part right, but it's not the right college. Come to Auburn, and then, of course, he unfortunately left, um, which then uh, ended up hurting Bo Nix. So Bo Nix now goes and meets with his old coach out in Oregon. I think it's just good because now it's going to have a little bit of competition. You can go with the seasoned. Bo Nix, who's played in the SEC, who's played against top-tier defenses. 
especially as we know, Lanning's a top-tier defensive coordinator, so he's had Georgia's defense really high up there, obviously was number one in scoring defense this whole year. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Bama in the SEC title game, we just won't talk about that. Um, but so they kind of bringing in, they're kind of bringing in their own guy, basically, I would feel, in that aspect. Yeah, it's it's going to so. be a different, you know, a different feel to this football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think having two coaches that are very, very um, SEC deep, mm-hmm. I think that uh, the Pac-12 better watch out for Oregon. Yeah, we're going to, even if we have a bit of a quote-unquote down year, yeah. it's not going to be, we're not going to be down for long if we do have a down year. Yeah. We're going to be coming right back. We're, it's it's going to be a little bounce. All it is a little bloop, and we're back. It happens. Um, whereas I, I like, I do like the Lincoln Riley to SC, but he still got to work on that roster because it wasn't that great. Because they got hammered by UCLA, they got to work on that defense big time. Um, their offense may be looking a little better than it was because of bringing in Lincoln Riley, but that defense needs a lot of work. Um, it's really weird to not see a USC team with a, a poor defense like they've had, and it's, uh, so he's got a lot of work on that. So I I think their build back might be a couple years, whereas Oregon's maybe just a quick maybe hiccup. Even though it could just be an off season, it could just be like, hey, we just got to make sure we got the right quarterback in and let's get going. Could yeah, happen. Yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see it. And, uh, yeah, uh, man, we needed a little bit of a change from from the stupid senior quarterback that doesn't want to act like he's a senior quarterback, for one, and, uh, you know, he can't, he can't play in the clutch, so. Right, absolutely. All right, the Florida Gators, though, are also getting a new quarterback to the QB room as they will be receiving Jack Miller via the transfer portal from Ohio State. The Gators lost quarterback Emory Jones to the transfer portal as he had an up-and-down season that saw him benched a few times in favor of Anthony Richardson. The competition for starting quarterback next season will feature Richardson, who is coming off a rehab for his injury, Jalen Kitna, and Carlos Del Rio Wilson, both sons of former NFL players, and of course, incoming Jack Miller. That quarterback competition is going to be interesting this year, uh, this spring, too. We might have to make a camp. trip to... Uh... To uh, Gainesville for the the spring game, dude. It's it's mm-hmm. free, and it's something for us to do, and we can prospect some of these quarterbacks and check them out. Absolutely, I'm kind of interested in Jalen Kitna. I've actually seen some of his high school highlights. Mm-hmm. Kid's got an arm. He's gonna be good. It's just gonna be interesting to see if they're gonna be willing to go that young because he will be a true sophomore going into next fall, um, as well as will Carlos Del Rio Wilson. Um, or if they decide to stick with Richardson or um, Jack Miller, both who have at least playing time in games as well as um, experience. So, oh, you, uh, season experience is what, yeah. I, is what I meant to say, actually. All right. So, we're going to switch gears and talk some NFL talk now. Let's do it, brother. So, I'm not going to take the opportunity to bash Tom Brady, even though the Saints gave me the ammo to do such that. I'm actually going to gripe about them instead. First of all, why does their defense step up their game and really show out against the Buccaneers? I get that it's a division rival, 
But if they showed this effort in all their games, they're probably having a better record than the 500 record they currently have. They potentially could be fighting for the division title since they have swept the Bucks. also. They crushed the Green Bay Packers as well earlier this year. As we all know, we thought Green Bay might be having issues, which they bounced back beautifully from. Um, they only should technically have um, two losses, but they lost to Kansas City because of the COVID issue with uh, Rodgers. Uh, second, how did they not have proper a proper contingency plan for Drew Brees' retirement? Taysom Hill is obviously not the answer. Jameis Winston is really not the answer either. And you didn't address the issue in the draft really by drafting Ian Book in the fifth round. That's not truly an answer either. The only legit answer they actually had is in Denver right now. Uh, New Orleans needs to be hitting the QB market hard this offseason by contacting Green Bay, Seattle, San Francisco, and Houston to take care of their quarterback situation. Uh, they definitely do. You know who I think might might sit very well with with uh, the Saints, probably a Russell Wilson. Yeah, that would be a good one. My only problem is is trying to get anybody that's in the a quarterback that's in the NFC right now is the team would rather ship the quarterback to the AFC rather than send, keep them in conference because, you know, they have that whole thing, I don't want you preventing me from reaching the Super Bowl, but if I have to face you in the Super Bowl, I'd rather do it that way true, and true. try to beat you then than rather than try to beat you on my way to a Super Bowl. I'm just saying, it seems like he would fit their scheme and it'd be, be cool to see him there. It would be. Also, I w- it wouldn't be terrible if they got, like, Aaron Rodgers, because yeah. Rodgers, you know, that'd still be a rel- – he would still have – hopefully Michael Thomas comes back healthy next year. That's a re- still a really good wide receiver. Um, he's the NFL record holder for most catches in a single season. He's got sneaky – he's sneaky fast. He's one of those guys where he doesn't really look fast until he's out on the field, and then he, all of a sudden he just seems to blow by everybody, and you're just like, yeah. What? How is he that fast? But he is. It's really weird. Um, and then also, if you're because your offensive line has it's it's got some weaknesses. It's not completely weak, but you would rather kind of have a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. And also, you have a really good pass catching running back out of the backfield in Kamara. If you can keep um, Ingram, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me. Anyways, um, if you can keep Mark Ingram, that actually will help your um, running game out a lot next year too. And your defense, as we just said, if you can freaking get your defense to play up to standard like they're always playing the Buccaneers, you know, this team is legit a contender for another Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It's it's one piece away from them being right back in the playoffs and Mm -hmm. contending for that title, bro. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, though, they end up trying to get, if it gets taken care of, Deshaun Watson. It might be the more likely way of going because Houston would be more willing to move off of him to get him out of conference than any of those three teams that are willing to give up a quarterback in conference. Sure. So that's why I threw him out there. Depending on how his legal situation is going at that time. Anyways. So the Miami Dolphins have quietly run to a six-game winning streak and are back to 500 this season and in playoff contention. And with how the Buffalo Bills have been playing and the Patriots sliding back a bit, the division title is not totally out of the realm of possibility for the suddenly hot Dolphins team. 
Four of the 22 women in the civil suit against Deshaun Watson wouldn't agree to sell out of court. Otherwise, the Dolphins would have Watson at quarterback. Since then, however, the team has been led by Tua, and he, he has, who hasn't been lining up the league, but is doing the right things that keeps the team from losing. His turnovers are down, and he makes the right throws, keeping the chains moving. Cooper, your thought on the hot Dolphins? Sometimes that's how it is, man. Sometimes it's just doing the little things mm-hmm. to get that W. It doesn't always have to be flashy and, you know, an 80-yard pass or whatever. It's just getting first downs, man. Right. That's what you need, first downs and touchdowns. And, and like you said, he he's better on turnovers, so mm-hmm. that helps out too, you know. Absolutely. And, and also, if you're if, – if your offense is driving, that keeps the defense, you know, real mm-hmm. cool. Doesn't tire them out too much. Right. So, you know, they're making it work, which is weird. Yeah, it is. I, even though you got the seven, I mean, six-game winning streak, if you're a Dolphins fan, though, are you still kind of irritated they didn't select Herbert? <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, because even with you not – with keeping your turnovers down and stuff, it still doesn't seem like it was warranted that high of a pick for Tua. Unfortunately, he just hasn't lived up to that high of a pick. If they picked him second, third-ish in that area, then what he's doing is perfectly fine. But what Herbert's doing, you almost, if you're the Bengals even, you're like, we may have taken the wrong quarterback. Well, luckily he got Jamar Chase this year, so yeah. it doesn't look too bad for um, Burrow in Cincinnati right now. But there was probably a point where even Cincinnati last year went, maybe we should have got Herbert. Right. <laughs> because Herbert's uh, playing with a bad offensive line too last year and lighting up the league as a rookie. So, uh, But um, it's just... It's got to be a little, it's at least a little bit comforting to see, though, that your team is back in action, back in contention, I mean, and now they have an opportunity to, they can still win the division. They're not out of it, out of it. Yeah, if they keep up this hot streak, they're good to go, bro. I mean, basically, they've already got one game up on the Patriots, so basically they just got to beat them again. That takes care of the business there, and then they just got to beat the Bills, and hopefully the Bills beat themselves again, and they're... Probably division champs if they went out. Yeah, it's pretty sad to see with the Bills because the Bills are are just just there, dude. I don't understand it. Like they're so close to being just you're right there to take oh. over the division because the Patriots been down and you flip. Yeah. How do you flip? Like that. And what is... Uh, okay, you shit the bed, basically, is what you did. You fucked up, you man. the air out of the balloon, damn it. I mean, come on. Yeah, the golden goose is right there, and you couldn't pluck it. What the hell? Anyways, we can go on forever on that one. <laughs> Patriots are kind of back and still kind of dangerous and not looking forward to that possibility of a stupid Super Bowl. Anyway, so what, though, is happening to the Arizona Cardinals? This team at one point had the best record in the league, was the first team to win 10 games this year. Since then, they have lost a tough game at home to the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. Then this week, they played the lonely Detroit Lions in Detroit and got hammered. 
They would lose that game 30-12 to as they looked terrible. They trailed 17 to nothing at halftime and just could not put anything together in the second half that would make anyone think that they were destined to come back against those lowly Lions. What the, Cooper? Um, the real question is, were they dealing with injuries? Were they dealing with, you know, um, let's say, you know, that thing called COVID? COVID wasn't too much of an issue, though. I mean, there's some people out. Um, Watt's still, I think, injured. Um, Hopkins is out with an injury. But you got Kyle Murray back. Kyle Murray back. We're also talking about the team that went to San Francisco without Kyle Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and beat San Francisco. In San Francisco. And that's true. It is With Colt McCoy. It is the Lions. And it's the Lions. So, yeah. It is a little bit strange. You made Jared Goff look good. A little bit Twilight Zone-esque. It's weird. But again, they did beat Minnesota (laughs) just a while ago. I'm just like, what the... I I can't... I just can't with this team. Show up for every game, not just... You when gotta you put. Like don't it. play up to your competition and then play down to your worst competition. Always play your best, and you really the rest will take care of itself. That's why the Jaguars beat the Bills because the Bills played down to their competition. That and what Josh Allen took out Josh Allen. Josh Allen was determined. Josh Allen needs to take out every guy like they're Josh Allen, right? He's a Highlander. There can only be one. <laughs> they really need, dude. They need to like. They need to patent that. That would be funny shit. There can only be one. They they really should because that'd be fantastic. Jaguars. There you go. All right. So Cooper Cup's big season keeps on getting bigger, man. He now has the most receptions in single season franchise rec- franchise history as he passed the great Isaac Bruce against Seattle on Tuesday night. Cup finished the game with nine catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. He has a very good chance at breaking Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record, yards record. He even has a small chance, it's going to be a little hard because it's hard to get that many touchdowns per game, to even break the touchdown record, single-season receiving touchdown record, as he's nine behind that record with three games left. Yeah, they'd have to uh, go crazy. But you know, it's it's, it's not possible. Out, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's so. not out of the realm of possibility. The receiving yards record, I'm pretty sure he can get. It's 113 yards per game to tie. Obviously, you just need two 113 yard games and then a 114 yard game, and you're there. And he just had 136, so it's not like it's not out of the realm of possibility. The question is going to be. <laughs> Why aren't teams freaking doubling his ass by now? And why why is people still talking about him like he's not that great? I don't know. I don't get it, man. I really don't. He does his routes perfectly. He's got great hands. Dude, I love watching him juke people. It it's so, so funny. Fun. It's funny, too. Yeah. He's just like, you, you think, and he's gone. And you're just like, <laughs> what happened? What, what happened? And you're just like, I can't do it with this. It's so fun to watch. And I just, I appreciate how hard he works. Because we've seen it. We saw it in, um, on both, um, Hard Knoxes. We've seen how hard he works. We've seen how hard he's worked. And if you just catch little videos of, 
what they do, what he does in practice and stuff. The guy just puts he in lives work. and breathes and bleeds football. Yeah, I mean, from the time the season started this year, mm-hmm. him and Stafford began doing their breakfast club. Yeah, and I swear there's something to that. Other quarterbacks in the league need to be sitting down with at least one receiver in that locker room and doing something with them every day. Yeah. You see the bond these guys have. The trust. It's it's just crazy. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, he now has 120 yard, uh, 120 rece- uh, receptions uh, this year, which breaks Bruce's record at 190. And that's, that's not even... That's... That's just crazy because Isaac Bruce. Hall of Famer. Hall of Fame wide receiver. And, and Cooper Cup is only how many years into the league? I think he's seven. Still, it's yeah. not very long, much. The kid is still pretty young, isn't he? Yeah. No, 14. Did we get him in? No, four years in the league. Is that four years? Yeah, four years, because we got him, his rookie year was McVay's first year, if I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. So four years. This is his fourth full season. Yeah, man. Or fifth full season. Can you imagine another five years? Of Cooper Cup? I'm sure the NFC West is tired of seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) The the NFC West is just like... Supposed to do with that? <laughs> Everybody goes. What are we supposed to do with that? He does it all. He will run a reverse. He will block for running backs. He'll run deep. He'll run a crossing pattern. He'll run an in. He'll run a freaking hook route. He'll he will run a slant, and you just think, oh, you know, that's an easy two yards, and all of a sudden he turns it into thirteen. You're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Just unbelievable! I love watching it. It's fantastic, and I just thought it was really weird because I kept when I was when he was coming out in the draft too. I was like, something about I was just like, there's something about this guy I really like. I don't know what it is, but I really like him because because I watched his highlights at Eastern Washington. I'm just like, he just he just works. And you know, working in the NFL, I'm like, we probably ain't gonna get him. I'm like, we ain't gonna get this guy. In no way. And then we got him in the third round. I'm just like, oh sweet Jesus. <laughs> like He's freaking awesome! Yay! Man. I mean, we don't care that he ran. I think he ran four seven. <laughs> yeah, they're talking about how slow he is in the combine, mm-hmm. or four six, I think. And then seeing what he does to people on the field, right, is just so much different. And I think the combine, straight it, line speed, the is combine nothing. is what it is. You can't really <clears throat> see a person's full right. potential. No. From just that aspect. And straight line speed is nothing compared to just straight up NFL speed or regular football speed. Yeah. And he has speed in pads. Because when you're in pads, that's where it starts slowing you down. But he doesn't seem to be bothered by pads. He's still pretty freaking fast. Oh, yeah. Try to put a linebacker on him and see what happens. There's only maybe... Two linebackers, I think, could actually, if they weren't juked out of their minds by him first, that could stick with him, and that's Roquan Smith in Chicago and Micah Parsons in Dallas because they are freakishly fast Yeah, um, for their size and stuff. So 
Those are the only two I'm without a doubt believe as long as they didn't get juked out of their minds, they could stick with him in speed. But other than that, put any linebacker in the league. He's going to tear them a new one because it's just the way he is. It's unbelievable. All right. So the game of the week, though, was probably the Thursday night game between the Chargers and the Chiefs, a total back-and-forth game that went into overtime. A great play by Travis Kelsey put the game away with a walk-off touchdown. We are witnessing a QB rivalry that will possibly go down as one of the greatest in the history of the game. It is rare to see two quarterbacks that are in the same division and could potentially, just say potentially, not guaranteeing nothing, could potentially be top 10 quarterbacks of all time when their careers are done in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Just Potentially. Crazy. Just crazy, bro. Crazy. Just saying. Their statistics um, right now, as we project them out, says it could be top 10 quarterbacks. I didn't really care for Mahomes when Mahomes came into the league. We, we have uh, documented that I, pretty I much. I thought he was overrated. You really and didn't like the Brett Favre I comparison. I didn't like the Brett Favre comparison, but... The gunslinger mentality. I literally think he might be better than Brett Favre. Yeah. Uh, he's not as mistake-prone as Brett Favre is either. Yeah. He may throw it deep, but he... Or injury-prone. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see about that. There's still time. But uh, I just... His arm, the way he can do things is unbelievable. Um, though he is... Had some mistakes this year. His interception rate is a little high this year, but I don't think it's ever going to be where he's going to have to be reined in like they had to rein in Fars um, quite a bit in Green Bay. And then there's Justin Herbert, and it just kills me now. Every time I watch him play, it's just like, why didn't we do this with him at Oregon? We would be national champions if he played like this at Oregon. There's no way we shouldn't have seen this at Oregon. Yeah. Dude is brilliant beyond his years, and it's and his arm talent is without a doubt. Probably Mahomes probably has a little bit better arm. Probably Herbert's more accurate though. Herbert is way more accurate. It's just it just kills me though. <laughs> it's like he should have been doing this at Oregon. He'd probably have a Heisman, and he we'd probably have a national championship at least one. At least, if we would have just done this with him and worry. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, crazy, brother. Crazy. It is. But I, this is going to be fun to watch for the next 10 to 15, hopefully maybe even 20 years between these two, as long as they're both in the AFC East, both leading their teams. I can't wait. This is going to be the greatest rivalry we'll probably ever see. Probably. Because it will be in division. The thing that makes the Brady-Manning thing a little difficult to enjoy was the fact when they did the realignments, the Colts and the Patriots ended up not in the same division anymore. So you couldn't get them each other twice a year. You barely got them once a year, if that, on occasion. It's just yeah. like, and hopefully then you got maybe got a rematch in the playoffs, if you got lucky on that. This is twice every flipping year. Oh, it's going to be good. Can't wait. going to be awesome, brother. <laughs> yes. Fun times. Okay. And also, neither team really sucks, so it's not like you got... No, it's it's great competition, and that's that's yeah. one thing that's like, dude... It's not, it's not like Rodgers and Stafford, which probably could have been a really good rivalry if the Lions didn't suck completely. Yeah. Anyway, so... 
All right, so for the rest of the games, the Colts' Jonathan Taylor continues to make an MVP case as he ran all over the Patriots' defense to help his team win 27-17. Just when it looks like the Steelers are about to fall apart, they surprise everyone and pull out a nice win. This time against the Tennessee Titans, 19-13 at home. The Jacksonville Jaguars are still a lousy team, and that was evident again this week as they got pummeled at home against the Davis Mills-led Texans, 30-16. I don't know what, even more about that one anymore. All right, the Buffalo Bills ended their two-game slide as they handled the Carolina Panthers, 31-14. The Cowboys are inching closer to clinching the NFC East with another win, this time beating division rival Giants, 21-6. The Cincinnati Bengals won an ugly game in Denver over the Broncos, 15-10. That also knocked Teddy Bridgewater out in the pro, uh, protocol um, with a concussion protocol. Uh, that was a bad hit. I saw it and I was like, ooh, don't show that no more. Mm. Yeah, it's never good when that happens. No. All right. Especially when he ends up in the hospital first to make sure he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here come the San Francisco 49ers who are now 8-6 and six and in the thick of the playoff hunt as they continue to get healthy. They handled the Atlanta Falcons 31-13. Nice little palindrome there for you if anybody's interested. The second time in three weeks, the Baltimore Ravens gambled by going for two rather than going for OT, and it, fired, and it backfired as they lost to the uh, Green Bay Packers 31-30, which made Cooper go, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. hates the Ravens. <laughs> Yes, sir. The Las Vegas Raiders were upset uh, that their games, their game was moved uh, against the Browns to Monday night, uh, but they would win the game despite that, winning sixteen to fourteen. They regular the regularly scheduled Monday night football game featured the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. On Monday night football, Kirk Cousins is zero eight eight against all teams, not the Bears. Against the Bears, now he is two and zero as the Vikings won seventeen to nine. He can play. Pretty good on Monday Night Football, I guess, against the Bears, apparently. The Washington football uh, team jumped out to a 10-0 lead, but their defense, which has been a huge disappointment all year, gave up 27 points the rest of the way, and the offense could only muster seven more points as the team would lose 27-17 against Philadelphia on the other Tuesday game that we ended up getting on the East Coast because Fox hates me. It's because we live on the East Coast, bro. It's because Fox hates me. Yeah, because Fox knows who the hell we are. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they they should have staggered the game. Put one game at a one-time slot, then start the other game after that game. There you that go. way I can watch my team. There you go. Ers. Anyways. Cooper, of those games, any stick out to you? Yeah, man. Freaking uh, the the Ravens and... And, and the Packers. And the Packers, man. Uh, that's what you get for, for going for two. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, I kind of get it, though. Because either way, if you think about this, either way, if you tied it, there were still 45 seconds left in a timeout with Aaron Rodgers getting the ball back. There was no guarantee you were winning that game anyways, even, or even going into overtime. So why not try to get the win, hope your defense makes a stop, and you win the game? So I kind of got that. Because it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. We saw it earlier this year when he had no timeouts. I, and I believe it was, yeah, it was the San Francisco game. He had no timeouts, drove the length of the field, set up a game-winning field goal. With no timeouts and less than 45 seconds, I believe. I think he had 33. 
and no timeouts. And he drove them into field goal range, kicked the game winner. Just saying, I can't, I can't really fault him that much because it is Aaron Flipping Rodgers, who, by the way, more than likely is your MVP again. Yeah. I don't care what you say about Tom Brady. Or Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I kind of wouldn't mind Jonathan Taylor. Me either, because it's somebody different. Because it is somebody different, and it's a running back. We mm-hmm. haven't had a running back since Adrian Peterson, I believe it was 2012. Um, the last time a MVP, not a quarterback, won MVP. Uh, so that wouldn't bother me if Jonathan Taylor won it. But, y'all, if you're getting shut out on Sunday Night Football at home to the New Orleans Saints, who are 500, you don't deserve MVP. I don't care what you say. At least the Packers put up three points in Jacksonville against New Orleans. Yeah. They got something out of it, at least. They didn't get shut out. Goose ain't. By the way, I just want to say that uh, I saw a thing on NFL by on CBS said that uh, Drew Brees and Peyton Manning have never been shut out in their careers. Tom Brady's been shut out twice, and once by. I thought we weren't giving no. I thought we were, we weren't digging on Tom Brady this time. By the way, that was a Dolphins-led team by a considered bust Joey Harrington at quarterback in Nick Saban, who's now at Alabama. Just saying. You don't give up, do you? I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till the end and then be my little petty butt. Yes, I will. <laughs> Just saying. Drew Brees and Peyton Manning never been Cheater, sure cheater, pumpkin eater. That is not what I'd say, and you know that. <laughs> it's really weird that <laughs> your fiance's mind is freaking PG-13. Okay, do you realize how much you bash Tom Brady so bad, like almost all the time, where it gets stuck in our heads about how much you hate Tom Brady? We have people visit from Tampa that are full-on Bucks fans, and you were just dick about it. And it's like, yep. dude... Chill. I know you don't like him, but other people might. I just still found it weird that her mind is so PG-13 that I can't even cuss in her mind. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin. Yeah. Because that is not what I would say to him. Anyways. uh, Yeah. We'll keep that PG. We'll keep it PG for that one. Anyways, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm just saying though. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees never shut up in their careers. But anyways. um, Yeah, I... I'm just really looking forward to um, the rest of the season. I kind of hope Cooper breaks at least one of those passing rec- uh, receiving records. I mean, and go Jonathan Taylor. Let's do it, baby. Right? Just keep running, bro. You might get there, but unfortunately, it's probably gonna be Aaron. Unless Aaron freaking just tanks the rest of the way, like has like averages like three picks in the last three games. Um, doesn't might, throw a he touchdown. Might do, he might do that and then walk out on free agency. It probably. Just be like, screw it, I'm done. All right. And they even blow the playoff game. <laughs> right. I mean, because they're already in the playoffs. We know they ain't going to not make it. They got the best record in the league at 11 and 3. But I'm just saying. It wouldn't also surprise me. You know, Aaron Rodgers is kind of weird in that aspect. But, anyway, so uh, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with AEW Talk. We yes, got a, sir. We got a lot to cover there. It's been hectic and crazy, and I can't wait. Gonna be fun. Oh yes, it's always crazy. There's always mayhem. Yes. 
so much fun. Um, and then uh, we'll be back Sunday with WWE talk as we preview WWE Day One. Cause Day One, baby. Because as we keep telling you, we are going to let you enjoy your holidays with your family until the Sunday, the 26th. Because it's the 26th, it's after Christmas. You can all then listen to me. No, I'm just kidding. And then, can we put away the Christmas decorations? Oh, here we go. There's it. I don't care. Go ahead. I don't care. You can yeah, right. I'm not. Uh, we'll I'm probably not end up like keeping that. ours up till after freaking New Year's. Uh, yeah, at least we're not going to be keeping the Christmas tree up until like July. Yeah, yeah. My mother's done that once before. I was here for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> so Sunday we'll have that for you, and then Monday we'll have baseball, basketball talk, probably basketball talk, unless. Something else has happened in Major League Baseball, which I doubt it, but if it does, Baseball Talk will be back again. Can we go for two in a row? We will try. We will try. Um, and then, of course, uh, Football Talk. Hopefully, we don't have any more postponed games. For the love of God. Yeah. No more postponed games. Yeah, that's pretty much why we had to push this one out. So, One of the reasons. Yeah. It actually worked out because of the weekend. What happened? Well, all the family things going on. Yeah, we had, we so it had worked out nicely. a bunch of people here. So. so it worked out nicely that they got postponed so that way we can plan and postpone everything else and boom, 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 and boom. This is hard. This is going to be our fourth episode in a row. Yep. That's going to be fun, though. We'll get it done. We so, got this. AEW talk tomorrow. And we're seeing Spider-Man tomorrow. We will not spoil it for you. We promise. Nope. Anyway, so that'll do it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep, keep on, on talking, talking sports. sports. Hey everyone, this is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at Sports Talk dot Cooper dot Big Man. Or you can email us at Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. That's Sports Talk, W-I-T, Cooper, the letter N, Big Man, and that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 